This week's Fusion and Hockey podcast is sponsored by Sandborn's Boys. This new sports novel by Benji Mellaris is available on Amazon. Order your copy of Sandborn's Boys today. Hello, Tysay. How are you? Good, good. You ready to go? Uh, uh, yeah, sure. Let's start. So uh, we're on iTunes now? Yeah, that's right. So uh, after the long wait, we're finally approved. So you can look us up on iTunes or Google Play. And uh, we're on both of them now. So look us up and uh, hit the subscribe button. Yeah, all right. So before we start talking about hockey, I, I wanted to mention two days ago, I did something that I've never done before. And it was, I tried one of your exquisite baking creations. Okay. And uh, yeah, so I decided you should open a bakery. I all think right. that's going to be, what was it that I tried? It was like a, like an air dope cookie. It was like, uh, it was like a, it was like a shoe puff. Uh, shoe? When, yeah, it was like a shoe. That and makes it sound a bit, a little bit less appetizing. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess so. Uh, yeah, you're, 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 you're eating footwear. Little did you know. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, and I had some, some crunchy bits on top and stuff, and there was cream. But yeah, yeah. we'll call it fusion and bakery. <laughs> Your hidden talent. Bacon. Yeah. Let's go. Let's right. go. So okay. last week the Canadians were in a playoff spot. Mm-hmm. This week they're not. Nope they're they're third they're the third best team out of the playoffs. If I'm, if I'm not wrong, uh, right? Second best. Second best. Okay. Yeah, second best. So they've got twelve points. So mm-hmm. it is Columbus, who's right behind them, and Florida, who's right ahead of them, and Tampa Bay, who's right ahead of them. But they've all played less games than the Habs, right? Uh, not Columbus. Tampa and Florida okay. played ten. Montreal's played eleven. Right. Toronto has played 13, and they're only two points ahead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was, a, it was a big win last night. It was. Over, overall, it was a, not, not a great week. They played three times since our last episode. Yeah. You want, you want to start with the, the first game of the week against the Wild? Sure. A couple hours after uh, we released last week's episode. Yeah, I think, which, I think we might have we, jinxed that one, eh? In which we yelled about how terrible the Minnesota Wild were. <sighs> then they got absolutely ran over by the, the the same terrible team that we were criticizing. I mean, they I look absolutely terrible. Well, they look pretty bad. I mean, it's just... Well, yeah, but, but when you look bad against Minnesota, you lose by one goal, which is what happened. You don't, you know, get run over. Yeah, I don't know if Minnesota can run over. But if you lose to Minnesota at all, I consider it being run over because oh, yeah. okay, we're fair, crying out loud. <laughs> okay, yeah. No, and it's they, just, they, uh, they went on a bit of a run after that, Minnesota. Yeah, they did. I think it was yeah, the, be- was they had a players only meeting. I think it was. And that uh, what happened? And well, uh, there was the uh after the after the first Habs game, right, where they won, uh where the Habs beat the Wild, it was a it was a shutout. And uh, they uh-huh. had a players only meeting and then Jason Zucker, he came oh, out. There was that, you know? that big story. She said, you know, coach Bruce Boudreaux has to be better and also so does everyone else. Yeah, exactly. Uh and so that seemed I guess that that's kicked them into high gear because uh I don't know, but still, they're the Minnesota Wild, though. There's this no excuse for losing uh, to a team <laughs> like that if you want to make the playoffs. Uh, exactly. And then uh, they followed that up with a pretty miserable performance against the the Sharks as well. Yeah, that was not fun to watch at all. Minnesota game, at least, was kind of like somewhat entertaining back. Yeah, and forth. I mean, like like we were the, the Habs were like you know you you, you had they were uh, in it. yeah they were in it, but like uh, against the Sharks, you know, you, you they didn't really ever have a shot. I don't know what it was, but. Uh, they yeah, weren't able to take they, advantage of Aaron Dell playing, and uh-huh. they only got uh, yeah no. It was as soon as the as soon as the Sharks took that uh, took the two to one lead, I was like, uh, I think this might be it. Yeah, 
Yeah, no, it's uh, it's not great. And these kind of these kind of weeks where you go uh, one and two, it's just it's it's uh, it sucks. It it's definitely not good for a wild card wild card contender like the Habs are. Mm-hmm. And uh, but last night was great. Avoiding with avoiding a, a winless week. Yeah, beating the Leafs. Great game though. Uh, I mean, from start to finish, uh, they well, except for maybe the second period there when they blew the two nothing lead, but they uh, started strong and mm-hmm. uh, and finished th- strong. Dominated the third period basically uh, for the entirety. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, that was good. three goals. And we can talk a bit more about Jonathan Drouin, even though we talk about him every week, it seems. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Let's go. A couple of talks last night. Two goal, two breakaway goals. Oh, it's so oh, so much fun. He's really freaking clicking, right? We keep mentioning it every week. Can't I know. Stop we, saying it. We can't do. Can't stop, talk, can't stop thinking about it. <laughs> yeah, because uh, no, we, we've had a couple of underwhelming seasons from him uh, since yeah. he got traded, and he's he's really clicking now. It's good. It's good. Mm-hmm. I was actually I was gonna complain about uh, how Claude Julien split him and Kotkaniemi up because they were really rolling. Right. Drouin play was playing with Domi and Armia last night, and mm-hmm. it doesn't seem like he missed a beat. Yeah. Kotkaniemi no. was uh, centering Arturi Lekin and Paul Byron, and I didn't really notice that line very much, to be honest. So I think it might be better for Kotkaniemi if they they left him with Jonathan Drouin, and Drouin probably wouldn't have made much of a difference the way he's playing. Yeah, I think you're. I think you're right. But uh, after those couple of losses, I, I I can understand why they shook up the lines a bit. A little kick. Uh, well, they actually, I think they switched that uh, going into the Sharks game. Oh, okay. So that well, was that after yeah. the Minnesota. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, well, you, you the thing. thing the thing with the season is you can't, you know, you can't keep at one point you can't keep rolling out the same lines, right? You go, you'll get complacent. You want to like if you're if you're your team needs a kick, you shuffle the lines. Yeah, well, that one was, it was going, especially that duo was rolling so well that, like, right. you know, like, usually it doesn't bother me when, when coaches change the lines up, but I don't know, that one irked me a little bit. Okay, yeah, for for me, I just, unless it's really something really stubborn a la Mike Babcock, you know, uh, yeah. coaching lines, you know, unless they, they really screw someone over, it, it doesn't really, it doesn't really affect me, because if, if the team is rolling, that's good, you know? Yeah. I guess. Yeah, I remember a couple of years ago, only well, like more than a couple of years ago at this point, there was one uh, stretch when uh, Claude Julien was coaching the Bruins, mm-hmm. and he refused to change up the lines at all throughout the entire season. Right. It was it was something like Marchand, Bergeron, Louis Erickson, Milan Lucic, David Krejci, Jerome McGinley mm-hmm. stayed together all year as the top yeah. two lines, whatever year well, that was. Still remember. I guess I guess he's uh, he's changed his philosophy a bit, and for the better, I'd say. I'd say so too. So uh, there was a trade yes, no, a couple days ago, two days ago. Mm-hmm. I thought it was hilarious. It's 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 an absolute meme of a trade. You wanna <laughs> you wanna elaborate? Yeah. All right. So people listening might know Pittsburgh traded Eric Goodbranson to the Anaheim Ducks wow. for former Montreal Canadian Andreas Martinson and a seventh round pick. Yeah. Highlight so, of the trade: the seventh round pick. Yes. <laughs> Probably the, the most great, valuable the asset. Best asset in that there. Yeah, no kidding. Probably. Uh, so just a couple months ago at the trade deadline last year, Pittsburgh traded Tanner Pearson in order to acquire Good Branson. Right. Tanner Pearson's playing in the top six with the Vancouver Canucks now, being relatively <laughs> productive, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. And um, yeah, so now the Penguins have a seventh rounder and an AHL winger. And uh, what was that trade tree again? What didn't they? they how did the the Penguins uh, get Tanner Pearson? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, so they got so the Penguins 
Uh, they got Carl Haglin from the Ducks, and then right. they traded Carl Haglin to the Kings for Tanner Pearson. Mm-hmm. And right, right, right. Yeah, that's how they got Tanner. And so it ended up with Goodbranson going back to the Ducks again. So uh, yeah, they they really traded their way down. You know the you know the the, the <laughs> trading a paperclip for a house. They've gone from the house to the paperclip. Oh yeah, like like the Oilers did with Jordan Everly. Yeah, exactly. This is like uh, no, it's absolutely awful. It makes me like. Uh, but if you look yeah, at this, no. if you look at this trade in a vacuum, no, it's fine. Yeah, I think I think the Penguins honestly they win the trade based on you know Good Branson. He's signed for the next two years, right? With like four million dollars yeah, a year. And, yeah, this one and one more. Yeah. Uh, so this trade itself isn't so bad, right? But then you look you look at the return that they got. Uh, based on previous trades and how this, their just their asset management has been horrible in this case. It's amazing when you look at the Ducks' death chart on defense. Yeah. A couple of years ago, it was one of the best in the NHL, and they they traded Sammy Vatanen, they traded Brandon Montour, and now it, it looks like kind of depleted, really. Yeah, and honestly, honestly, Eric Branson might be an upgrade over what they have because now I think Josh Manson Josh Manson's on the IR. Oh yeah. So they've got like Cam Fowler, Hampus Lindholm, and like. Michael Delzato, Jakob Larson, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah Corbinian Holzer. So the, the Ducks have really fallen down a peg since their uh, since baby. their glory days. Exactly. Yeah, they, yeah, they never won. A, well, there was one year, I think, like 2015. Everyone was picking them to win the cup. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, yeah, they, just, were, they were they were they were really good. Just like three, four, or five years ago, right? Yeah, they were uh, a contender for a while. And after a hot start this year, they kind of fallen off. Yeah, well, that was to be expected, right? The talent on their roster. I mean, they were running a, a goalie streak for a long time there with Gibson, and uh, he's kind of fallen off a bit. He had a couple yeah, bad sad. games. Very sad for my fantasy team, too. Yeah, but that was to be expected, right? Because the just the talent on that team isn't there. Yeah, it really isn't anymore. Uh, speaking of teams that that are on a heater now, if we're transitioning, uh, I look at the Islanders right now winning six in a row. Are they? Yeah, they're winning six in a row right now. They just won their their, their sixth game in a row a couple days ago. Uh, they're in a playoff spot. They're they're second in the division now. Uh, uh, so yeah, I've got third pulled up on my standings, but okay. But anyway, yeah, I've, yeah, yeah. I've not noticed at all that they won six in a row. Yeah, no, yeah. they've been on an absolute tear. Uh, yeah. So what's going I mean, on I there? mean, their schedule their schedule has been pretty easy. Not gonna lie, I mean, like the last four games have been the Sens, the Coyotes, the Blue Jackets, and the Jets. But before that, okay. they had they had the the, the Blues and the the the, the Panthers, and uh, right. yeah, no, it's, it's it's a six game winning streak is a six game winning streak, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. in the NHL, it's so much parity. If you're able to win six in a row, it's still pretty impressive. And uh, mm-hmm. so yeah, my uh, my Islanders pick for second in the division doesn't look so bad now, eh? Uh, the, 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 the. Oh I yeah. Pointed, <laughs> I pointed this out last year when the Islanders were in the playoffs mm-hmm. when they made the second round. And a lot of people seem to be cheering for them. That I just feel like the New York Islanders don't belong in the playoffs. It just feels like the universe is out of balance when they are. And they're, they're, it's just, I feel like more comfortable as a person when they're near the bottom of the Eastern Conference. And I don't know why. I think, I think it's their, their history and legacy of failure over the course of your lifetime. I mean, no, I don't think that's it because no? like a lot of bad teams get better and i'm like right. oh look at that. like the leafs and the hurricanes and yeah 
I don't know. Something about the... Maybe I'm just like... And they lost Tavares and all their fans couldn't stop complaining and still haven't stopped complaining. Just kind of rubs me the wrong way. You remember that video? Oh, yeah. Dear John. Oh, man. (laughs) If you haven't checked that, if you haven't seen that, you need to look it up. Uh, Seven months old, though. I don't know. Yeah, Yeah, you can probably find it. Yeah. Let me me try, actually, right now. Uh, Mm -hmm. Dear John. You'll come up with a Taylor Swift song if you just search Dear John. Right. Yeah, I know. I found it. I found it. Just look up Dear John Tavares and uh, oh, okay. the first, uh, first, first little clip. It's absolutely hilarious. <laughs> All right. So we were just talking about how, uh, how depleted the Ducks defense is. Yeah. And they actually, a couple of days ago, tried to fix it before the good Branson trade. Oh, yeah, did they? By signing former Anaheim Duck Lucas Pisa. Wow. Yeah. No, he's, he's got to be the solution, con- right? Uh, I, I think they found their answer. And then, uh, then what happened? And then what happened is they wanted to put him on. They wanted to send him to the AHL, of course, because right. Lucas Pisa isn't very yeah. good. He was and so they put him on waivers immediately. And when you in midseason, when you sign a player and you put them on waivers, I don't, I can't remember a time where I've ever seen them gotten claimed. But Lucas Pisa got claimed by of all players. The Winnipeg uh, Jets. The Winnipeg Jets. Yeah, no kidding. Who uh, have no defensemen? Uh I guess it kind of makes sense, but you feel bad for Lucas Pisa, right? Yeah, after signing in California and gets, because now obligated to go play in Manitoba. Exactly. Freezing uh, cold years, hard times. Mm-hmm. And uh, Manit, yeah, it's just uh, <laughs> it's a it's a weird transaction, isn't it? Like you don't you don't see that uh, at all. Yeah, you rarely see things like that happening. That's actually the second defenseman the Jets have claimed off waivers this season. Oh, really? Was yeah, it Eric Comrie or? Eric Comrie's a goalie. Oh, whoop. <laughs> Eric Comrie, actually, the Jets placed on waivers and the Coyotes claimed him. Okay, right. That was that, that first, like, the day before the season started when, like, tons of players were on waivers. And of and all the people, it was... It was Eric Comrie and Winnipeg claimed Carl Dahlstrom. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I saw, Carl Dahlstrom and Lucas Pisa, waiver people. Are they playing yeah, now with the Winnipeg Jets. I mean, Probably. they have to be... They have to. They have to be up right now, basically, right? Yeah, they're on the. Dahlstrom's definitely played. I don't know if Spies has played yet. Oh, that's pretty. Yeah, that defense is definitely suspect. I mean, it's yeah. really. Um, still no update on the uh, Buffalo situation. Yeah, there's a. I have no idea. The, yeah, yesterday, single... actually. Yesterday, I saw an interview with Shovel Dayoff. Yep. The Jets GM, and they asked him if there's like a timetable for Dustin Bufflin, and. Or if there's like a deadline for them to do something to, to you know, shore up the defense. Mm-hmm. And he didn't say anything. So I don't know why I brought that up. Okay. But <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's just uh, mom's the word, I guess. It's uh, nothing, nothing's happening on that front. Uh, yeah, they're, they're running at 500 right now. Yeah, uh, they're, they're hanging in there. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but then again, I, I just, what, I mean, I don't think Bufflin's going to push them over the edge by any means. I think, yeah, I think that. Because when Bufflin comes back and he's a he's a number one defenseman, yeah. and then all of a sudden Neil Pionk gets to play on the second pair instead of the first pair, and everyone's minutes are more reasonable, so they can all be more effective. Yeah, I think if Bufflin comes just, back, then I think they'll definitely make the playoffs. You think? Yeah, I don't know. I just think it's uh, that defense. Even even you yeah even if you add uh, Bufflin, it's it's just they've lost so much. Right over the last uh, off season with Myers and Truba. Uh, well, Truba. Look, right, right now they're just they're 
They're hanging around a wild card spot, kinda. They're not in one. So mm-hmm. Bufflin, when he comes back, like the top four of like Bufflin, Morrissey, Kulikov, and Pionk, it's not it's not great at all, but it's definitely livable, especially when you have such a such a great offense. Yeah, I, I, I guess we'll have to see. I mean, I mean, we're talking right now as if Bufflin's gonna come back, right? Yes, as but, if yeah, we, yeah, we but like we really don't know at this point. I mean, the fact that it's taking so long is, uh, I think it's a, it's a, it really highlights, you know, yeah, maybe, he's just, maybe he'll this. retire. Maybe that's it for him. Yeah, I feel like that's pro- that might be the most likely thing. Not that I know anything about this situation because nobody right. does. I was gonna mention Vili Hainola also, mm-hmm. who was the twentieth overall pick in this most recent draft. Right. Which they also actually, they got that pick from the Rangers in the Truba trade. Jacob Truba. And apparently yeah. he's been fantastic. Oh, really? Oh, or, wow. Okay. Yeah. Or from, well, I watched him a little bit at the beginning of the year. Wow, this guy, he looks like an NHL player already. But yeah. I read something, I don't remember who said it, but they said this is more an indication of how bad the Jets' defense is and not that this is necessarily the proper development path for him. Okay, yeah. Well, I mean, he's playing meaningful minutes though, right? And, Probably. Uh, he's not getting killed out there or anything. So, yeah, so. Uh, I, I honestly, I don't really see anything wrong with that development path. I mean, the, the, the problem with calling up kids too early is if you, like, you, 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 don't, you don't give them minutes and they're, they're playing really sheltered, right? But I mean, if he's, yeah. if he's playing out there and like, as a as a top four guy right now, right? Probably. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't see a problem with that. If he's playing well, he's playing well, and uh, yeah, I, I don't think that'll stunt his development. If anything, it'll boost it. Ideally, they'd have him in the, the Manitoba Moose, where like you know you have more opportunity to play it to maybe like succeed at an even higher level against lower competition. Yeah, and, it, and it'll turn out better for the, the NHL end. already. If he's succeeding in the NHL already. Why not just throw him in? Yeah, it might work, but it's like every prospect is different. So like you never, there's no exact science that's right, right for everyone. Uh, I don't know. So uh, yeah, speaking of Winnipeg, uh, they were just yesterday they were playing in the Heritage Classic. If I'm not mistaken, and nobody knew that the Heritage Classic was happening until like the day of the Heritage Classic. See, I didn't even know the Heritage Classic was happening until after it was over, and I got I read the recap that said. Heritage Classic, and I was like, "Is that a mistake?" It's <laughs> it's October twenty sixth. Yeah, playing they, the Heritage Classic already. Yeah, outdoor games are not special anymore. Yeah, that's kind of like, sad. Kind of when sad. it was just that's the winter, was, when it was just the Winter Classic, or like maybe two outdoor games a year. Right. Everyone like there would be massive ratings. Everyone, would, you know, it'd be it'd a be big huge. event. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then one year they were like, "Let's do six. and that 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 was the year. It was a uh, it was over. Yeah, it really was. How many do we do we know? How many there are this year? Is this six still? I'm sure somebody knows. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Still. Uh, yeah. No. No. I absolutely no idea what that. Like you know, I just it wasn't publicized at all. It's just uh, just yeah, weird. a game that's outdoors. And it's and it's weird that it's so early, isn't it? Like I know it's Manitoba, but still, like they had rain in the forecast, and it's we're still in October. I feel like they had an October outdoor game last year. Mm-hmm. Did they? I don't. Uh, uh, they have before. I don't really remember it's because a, they're so they're not memorable anymore. You know. Yeah, but it's like, like I don't know. I have we haven't seen any snow here in Montreal yet. So yeah, not yet. Yeah, it or, is raining. It, it is raining today though. Yeah, no, but like, where's where this all? I mean, is it really that cold in Manitoba? <laughs> Probably. Sorry, Lucas Pisa. 
Uh, <laughs> yeah. Joy. Yeah. So apparently yeah, Calgary's been uh going through a bit of a rough patch. Oh, really? Because yeah, because yesterday in the Heritage Classic, they really shook up the lines that had been basically unchanged for the past calendar year. Huh. Wow. Okay. Through last year when they won the division, their top six was Goudreau, Monaghan, Lindholm, and Kachuk, Backlund, Frolik. And the bottom six kind of, you know, just fell into place. And last year they changed up the lines. I mean, yesterday, sorry. They changed up the lines. They had Elias Lindholm centering a line with Johnny Goudreau and Matthew Kachuk on the wings. Okay. And usually they both play, Goudreau and Kachuk both play left wing. I'm not sure which one was playing on the right. right. And then the second line, they had Sean Monaghan between Sam Bennett and Andrew Mangiapane. Wow. Okay. That, that's weird. Uh, yeah. They, well, yeah, no, kinda, they, really, they really shook it up, eh? Just kind of put the lines in a blender. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, if they need that spark, uh, as we were talking about earlier, right, with Claude Julien, uh, yeah, you can get complacent, right? One full year with the same lines. Uh, you're playing with the same people, right, every night. Uh, no, I, I, I mean, yeah, they, they need a little kick. I think this might be it, but, uh, yeah, we're looking at the, uh, I mean, I think this might paper over some other issues like, uh, Milan Lucic is on the team. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that's gotta be, that's gotta be pretty demoralizing even just for the team, right? You see a guy, he's, he's absolutely terrible for you. Like James Neal and he goes off to, to, to Edmonton and he scores, uh, eight goals in like seven games. Honestly, I feel like they don't really pay attention to. You think so? I don't, how I don't know. James maybe maybe they'd hear about it. They'd be like, "Oh, you know, fluky start, whatever." They wouldn't like mull over it. But it's, it's got a it's got a way at some to some degree, right? On on the locker room or something. You know what I mean? Like he was just so bad in Calgary, he fell off a cliff, and then like you know, it makes you think. That or they'd probably just, you know, accept the narrative that, oh, Lucic is a big, tough, meanie man, and he leads us with by his leadership skills, you know. Mm. Yeah, I wonder if they buy into that. They probably do. They probably have to. Yeah, you're, you're right. How are they yeah, doing so, in the standings? Uh, they are in a wild card spot right now. Oh, okay. First, they're 6-5-2. and two. Ooh, that's not great. That's below 500. Yeah, well, yeah, but... Low real 500, not Batman 500, but that's it. Did you see what, I don't know uh, if you saw what John Tortorella said, but I just uh, thought of this, about how it's only a matter of time before the shootout's gone. Well, he didn't say, right. say that exactly. He but said he hates the shootout. He, could, he hates agrees. the shootout, right? Yeah, he criticized the shootout. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, think, I think he's got a point, honestly. What, well, what do you of course. Think? What, do you, what do you think uh, should be the solution? I think, honestly, there have been a lot of ideas thrown out, like, right. oh, you do... A ten minutes of three on three, then it's a tie. Or ten minutes of three on three, then it's a tie. Or ten minutes of three on three, then it's a shootout. And honestly, all of those are better than the current system. Yeah. Honestly, I I think right now it's awful. What I would probably do is continuous three on three. Forever? Yeah, in like ten minute periods. Like it would probably very rarely go past ten minutes. Yeah, but that's the thing. You uh, you you gotta like yeah yeah. Teams are gonna start. You, you already start seeing it with the the teams circling the buck over and over. Sometimes at one point, right when it's not back and forth on the breakaways like it is sometimes. Yeah. Like if if you make it like unlimited, you'll I think you'll see that even more. Teams just tr- circling, you know, passing it back, trying to look for that one opening. I think it'll. Uh, I think it'll take some of the shine off the the three on three overtime. Because it goes on forever. 
Yeah, no, yeah, just it, I think it'll just be less exciting, honestly. Because I, yeah, teams will play more conservative. That. You have that much, you know, there's no rush to, to, to get the point, right? But it's got to be longer than five. Five's too yeah, short. No, five is definitely too short. It's like it's over in an instant, and then you're in the shootout, which is obviously not ideal. I wouldn't mind 10 minutes, then the shootout. I wouldn't mind 10 minutes, then a tie. Yeah, honestly, one of those I'm, I'm, in, really. I'm indifferent to this. Uh, like, I, I don't see what's the problem with ties, to be totally honest with you. Yeah, I, I prefer, I probably prefer ties to the shootout, actually, because, like, a shootout win shouldn't be worth the same as an overtime win. Yeah. Definitely not as a regulation win, but not as an overtime win either. I don't right, think. yeah. So we can talk about the point system also. Sure. Uh, so, right now, everyone knows that the system makes totally no sense. Yeah, some games are worth more than others. Yeah, overtime games. Yeah. And, uh... Yeah, so there's the three-two-one system that's been proposed a lot, and there's the the just yeah. wins and losses system. Which one of those do you prefer? Uh, honestly, I prefer the three-two-one system. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the reason for this is if you look at just wins and losses, I mean, I think you should be rewarded for for winning in the allotted amount of time that they give you, right? In regulation, you don't have to go to overtime. Uh, so I think you should be rewarded. For that. What's that? Yeah, yeah. I I think it's uh, I think it's it's best like that. I mean, uh, winning is winning, so you still give them like the two points. But uh, I think I think you deserve extra credit uh, for finishing it in the sixty. You? Um. Yeah. That's definitely. I kind of go back and forth on it. I think if they got rid of the shootout, and every game was either regulation and overtime, mm-hmm. and then it would probably make sense to keep like a two one zero for wins, ties, and losses. Right. If they ended up going back to ties, even though that's right. probably not going to happen. Mm-hmm. But but even if they if they did like a continuous three on three sort of thing, mm-hmm. as long as they didn't have the shootout anymore, I wouldn't mind just going by wins and losses. Yeah, but the thing is, for me, with wins and losses, you know, I mentioned it earlier, right? It's just why should you get the same amount for uh, winning in overtime? You know what I mean? Like you weren't able to you weren't able to pull ahead in like hockey is really a sixty minute game, right? You're supposed to win in those three periods. So I think yeah, yeah, but you you won. That's the point, you know. Yeah, I guess I guess that's a valid point as well. Although I probably would lean towards the three two one like you're doing, just kind of trying to to look at both sides because right. more game more games would probably have like a frantic push at the end of regulation of both teams who want the full three points. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it just makes it that much more exciting. Right now, we see a lot of uh, okay. Let's pass around the puck. Wait for the wait for the yeah. Well, right now it's terrible, but yeah, no. Let's just benefit. Right, both teams want to get that that guaranteed point, so they'll just pass it around if it's tied in the last five minutes. Yeah, exactly. I've got another question for you that's kind of similar. Okay. Do you think that Major League Baseball should adopt the three-two-one system for games that go to extra innings? Oof, that's a good question. Let me. Uh... Yeah, I think about that sometimes. Whenever these in hockey, the. Uh, this debate breaks out. Yeah, that's a that's a really good question because honestly, I I I I lean towards just wins and losses, but that goes against what I believe in hockey. So yeah, so I, I don't know how the... to justify that. Uh, yeah. Has this? I'm, I don't really follow baseball that closely, but has this argument ever broken out in like mainstream baseball discussion? Honestly, I think this might be the first time I've heard of it. Like you just brought it up, even it's just off the top of your head. Uh, well, baseball is terribly traditional. In yeah, exactly. So, do, I, so I don't think anybody would. I think you'd see the purists come out in droves. 
Um, <gasps> just thinking about it. Um, <laughs> if if you even try to go, if the league even started talking about a three two one system. Yeah. Yeah. No, right. no. Nobody seems to 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 want to change, want to change the system. Uh, of all the things, enough. right? They've got other things to complain about, like the strike zone and uh, yes. you know robots taking over the umpire's jobs. Well. And hockey is in no position to criticize baseball standing system, so... Yeah, that's true, that's true. <laughs> uh, Miko Rantanen yep. had a, uh, a very ugly-looking injury earlier Ooh, this week. That was brutal. I, I stuttered the... when I looked at that. Yeah, I don't know if you saw just the, the picture of it. His, put, his foot is pointing the wrong way. Yeah, so like the, pic- the, picture I, the picture I shot, saw of it, yep. there was like another player kind of blocking his ankle okay. so all you saw was like his upper body facing one direction right. and his foot oh, facing exactly 180 degrees <laughs> in the opposite way it's so bad yeah no i uh what what really got me was i saw the picture right uh yeah. i think the same one that you're talking about probably but then I, I watched the clip and it's it's absolutely brutal you just see his his foot yeah, i think so it gets caught too. on the ice or something and it just it just absolutely 180s and you can it becomes totally limp and uh, it, it was pretty awful. Um, have we gotten a timeline on uh, how long he's out? Uh, what I saw was week to week. Okay. So they're well, expecting at least a month he's out. Is it like a high ankle sprain or something? Uh, I don't know. Okay. I think they just yeah. label lower body, probably. Well, yeah, that's what they do in hockey, eh? They don't really report on the injuries yeah. so like really. That's yeah, another he, problem. He's on, the IR. he's on the IR now. Right. Okay. And uh, JT Comfort looks like, according to Cap Friendly, he's getting that opportunity with Landis Gog and McKinnon on the top line. Wow. Okay. Good for him. I mean, yeah, that's good for stats. JT Comfort. Let's go. Yeah, the Avalanche are doing great this year. No kidding. Uh, they're really clicking all over the place. Uh, their offense is going. Philip Grubauer has been playing absolutely lights out. Oh, yeah. Look, he's a 920. Yeah, good for him. And then they're, uh, they're backup goalie. They're backup goalie who no one's ever really heard of. Pavel Frank Frankus, right? Yeah, Frank. Yeah, I'm just looking at his numbers, but he, uh-huh. he's two and one, nine twenty six in the three games he's played. So, wow, good for him. Good I mean, for him, whoever that is. Let's look yeah. at him. Let's see what he's done in the past. Sure. Clicking on Pavel. To get to Philip Frankus or what's his name? Is yeah, Pavel. 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 My bad. Uh, <laughs> let's see what Pavel's been up to his life. Are you looking it up? Right. He's 29 years old. Oh, okay. I from bet. Pulzen, Czech Republic. Hmm. Undrafted. Okay. Uh, Undra- right. Last year, he so he joined the Avalanche organization last year. Okay. He played 49 games with their AHL team, the Eagles. How are his stats? He was a 918 in 49 games. Okay, that's, that's pretty good. Yeah, it looks like before that, he played with Tractor Chelyabinsk for three years in the KHL. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good numbers all around. Oh boy, he had, a, he had a 953 one year with Tractor in 30 games. Oh. Okay. Yeah, he's. I mean, he's come out of nowhere, basically, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, this this guy's a no namer after uh, Barlamov left in the off season. Uh huh. Maybe he'll be a starter one day. Who knows? Yeah, we'll see. I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, Colorado pulling a backup out of their butt. Uh, you know who's not? It's the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah, they could really use one of those. Yeah, Michael Hutchinson, zero and three right now. Uh, all on. I think are they all on Saturdays? No, they're all like no. they're all in the okay. second half of a back-to-back. Right, right of course, but uh, he's 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 looked uh, bad. But I mean, I don't. I, I think I think the Leafs are in a kind of a bind. They can't really do much in terms of getting a backup. They're so locked up against the cap. Yeah, well, you know what you, what you mentioned, and I think it was our first episode when we were talking about 
what the Leafs could do to clear space when mm-hmm. Hyman and Dermott have to come back. Right. They're going to have to do that now. Yeah. yeah pretty, you mentioned maybe trading Cody Cece. And right. I kind of went, nah, they won't trade Cody Cece. But I think they might trade Cody Cece. You think? I don't know. He's looked... But you think they'll have to, like, it will be a total cap dump? Like, they'll have to give assets like they did for Patty Marlowe this offseason? No, I, I don't think it would be anything like that. Because for Patrick Marlowe, Carolina knew they were going to buy him out. Right. And with Cody Cece, a team like the Ducks or the Jets could definitely use someone like him. Or it could definitely be under the impression that they could use someone like him. Right, right. So, like, a seventh and Martinson. Something like that. Like, a really Some, small return. But they yeah, still get their cap uh they get released from the cap yeah they get their space yeah to, uh, cody Cici well, looked he got turned last night uh just yeah, the, the first goal. goal yeah totally yeah. lost his man i mean i saw a tweet like uh you know wow how could how could cody cc have known uh gallagher went hard at the net you know oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's just yeah, yeah that was how he looked terrible know? he looked absolutely terrible he looked lost yeah. well he is terrible he's, yeah he he's is not no. He's making four and a half this year. Mm-hmm. So hypothetically, if he gets traded and there's no cap space coming back, Kapanen is, uh, what's Kapanen? No, not, not Kapanen, Hyman. Hyman, yeah. Is I think about two and a half. Dermot's under a million still. Yeah. So then if you wanted to, you could probably acquire a backup somewhere. I don't know who'd like, would be available to, to acquire. Yeah. I mean, do you call Casas Quo? No. No? You don't give him a shot? Well, I mean, I just... Has he ever, even ever played an NHL game? Uh, no, I don't I think so. Remember, I remember seeing he's kind of just a man, AHL goalie. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. right now, Hutchinson looks like a meh AHL goalie the way, you know? Yeah. So, I um, think I think you gotta you gotta try some new things out there. Yeah, so I just pulled up Kasky Swo's, uh Stats this year. It looks like he's off to a hot start with the Marlies, though, so maybe you're on to something. He's a 936 okay, in his first okay. five games. Yeah. Maybe it's worth a shot. Who knows? Mm. Yeah. I, I, I mean, yeah, they, they, they need a... They need, they're, they're, they've had a pretty slow start to the season uh, by their standards. Yeah. Uh, I think they need a little shake-up there. Yeah, they probably do. And uh, so another one of the concerns I wanted to talk about with the Canadians that we should probably mention is the penalty kill. Yeah, it's I think they're thirtieth in the league right now. Yeah, the, yeah. At least last night they said on the on the broadcast they were thirtieth. Okay. Only ahead of the Jets. Oh, okay. Yeah, no. It's just looking at it visually, right? Never mind the percentages. It looks bad. Yeah. Does yeah. Uh, they look undisciplined. Their their formation gets skewed easily. I mean, you have lots of open shots. It looks uh, like they don't have any confidence. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it's a bit like not not as bad, obviously, but a bit like uh, was it the Oilers of a couple years past? Oh yeah, that was that was I think the home penalty kill was like sixty percent yeah, until like January. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think they finished at like sixty percent. No, throughout the year they were around like they were hovering around fifty. Um, well, that was just there. I remember their like their away penalty kill was near the top of the league. Yeah, it was, it was just at home. Yeah, exactly. It was at home. That's it was, so it was weird. Really, really weird. Um, if anything, you think it'd be the other way around, really? But like, if anything. Just, that that's that's got to be between the years, right? It's just that was absurd. Yeah. Uh, but it's even crazy. but but for the Habs, it's everywhere, right? Uh, home mm-hmm. or home or away, they look pretty atrocious. Uh, and even just to get onto the penalty kill, they've had they've taken a bunch of undisciplined penalties. Uh, 
which I haven't been a fan of, right? You just uh, a bunch of careless ones that are totally off the puck. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if it's a product of their youth or just coaching, uh, but it's a bit concerning. A little bit. Yeah, I was trying to think about, because last year their penalty kill was was fine. I think it was like middle was of their, the pack. Right, yeah, and, and there, it was their power play that was the problem, right? Yeah, and I was trying to think like, well, what could have changed between this year and last year? And the only mm-hmm. thing I could think of was that Ben Sherratt has replaced Jordy Ben. But, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah um, but, I don't think that's it, though. But it, it's just, yeah, I don't know what it is this year. It just looks off. Yeah, I'm uh, just kind of on the same note. I'm, I'm sick of Ben Sherratt. Yeah, it's, yeah, I'm it's already done with bad. Yeah, that was uh, a bad deal when it was signed, but but he's just he's not my type of player at all. Me neither. It, I don't know what it is with Bergevin, these kind of defensemen. Obviously, Alsner was just a whole new level of bad, but like slow, big, physical defensemen. Mm-hmm. They don't work yeah. out. Yeah, I think maybe... I think because Ben Schrott hasn't been scratched yet. Yeah. So so, I think Alsner... I think it's a matter of time. I, I think so, too. It's like Alsner's first year, Claude Julien was kind of hesitant to scratch. Oh, he just you know signed this big new contract and optics and whatnot. Yeah. And then the next year, he was he didn't even make the team out of camp, or maybe exactly. he did. No, no, yeah, he did, but it was like maybe he got scratched in the season opener. Yeah, and then they sent him down. Yeah, in a matter of time. So, no, I hope Ben Sherrod turns it around, though. I yeah, hope of he... course. I mean, I'm I'm not actively rooting against him. Yeah, me neither. But, but I don't I just, have much hope for him at all. I just don't see how he could. Or maybe the best case scenario would be if some team, if he's like a like a replacement kind of player for. For some better defenseman that they acquire, like <clears throat> Shane Gostisbehere. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm still holding out hope for uh, for Shane Gostisbehere. Okay. Yeah. Well. Not giving uh, up yet. For a trade, you think? Uh, yeah. That's yeah, what I'm well, hoping for. If Mark yeah. Bergman, if you're listening out there. <laughs> if he's listening. Please. Give me Shane Gostisbehere, please. Just a good, def- just a not a old slow guy, please, for the love of God. So we started this show right at the end of September. Yeah. If we had started this show earlier, like maybe, <laughs> oh, I don't know, around July 1st, we would have been freaking out over Sebastian Ajo and the offer sheet. Yeah. But we barely mentioned that at all. So uh, I figured... The offer sheet or Ajo? Anything to, anything to do with Sebastian Ajo and the, like, the offer, which was like the only real piece of Canadians news this summer. Yeah, it was. Despite yeah. the fact that it resulted in absolutely nothing. Right. So, Sebastian Ajo has had an underwhelming start to his standards. Oh, yeah? He's got, he's got three goals and three assists in 11 games. And I think right. I saw two of those goals were empty net goals. Oh, okay. And it, was... begs the, it begs the question, is he playing this poorly because he's sad he's not on the Montreal Canadiens? <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's it. Uh, he's mm-hmm. going sick of Carol. I mean, why else would he sign the offer sheet, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, yeah, he, he just wanted he, he to, wants to be a Montreal Canadian. I think, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that's got to be it. Mm-hmm. For those of you... If, Don Waddell, you, you made tell, a man unhappy. <laughs> if you can't tell, we're kind of kidding. Yeah. It's, uh, mm-hmm. He'll pick it but, up uh, eventually. I mean, the whole team... Carolina's clicking as a team, so... That offer sheet... Uh, it kind of was the foundation for like a, a bubbling rivalry between the Canadians and the Hurricanes, mm-hmm. and especially their fan bases. Right. Yeah. And I find it to be lots of fun. 
Ah, uh, for sure. I mean, anything, honestly, nowadays, anything relating to Carolina is kind of fun. Yeah. Uh, that's their true. social media, they're just their organization as a whole. Uh, it's exciting. Yeah. Poking fun at how Sebastian Ajo wishes he was on the Canadians, though, it's going to be so much fun for the next five years. Oh, absolutely. Until he signs And we're justified in doing it, too. Oh, yes, in five years. Cheap deal, because he's been pretending to be bad for five years. So that he can come to the Canadians and score 100 points. Of course. This guy from, uh, is he Finnish? Yep, Finnish. Yeah, Finnish. He's been a uh, has fan all his life. Yep, exactly. He's our inside guy. Uh-huh. Uh, he's undermining the Hurricanes from the inside out. Cannot wait. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. You mentioned the Hurricanes social media. I don't know if you noticed. They have, like, they have a friendship with the Colorado Avalanche. Oh, really? They do? I haven't seen this at all. Yeah, they like, they're always like, oh, can't wait to play you. Good luck tonight, Carolina. You too. Colorado. That's fun. Yeah, it's that's, pretty that's fun. Two teams that have, as far as you can get, basically, uh, within conferences. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, we could, uh, there was one thing I wanted to mention. Keith Kincaid had a, another victory tweet last night, and there was one new emoji we haven't seen yet. Okay. I don't, let's, let's I hear don't it. Know. All right. I'll, I'll just tell you it was a microphone. It's a microphone. What was the description? Like, what did that person do? Uh, they got an assist. Don't, don't, don't look up the box score, though. Don't cheat. Just try to think of who the, who the microphone would be. A microphone. Uh, uh, oh, man. He's thinking. I'm thinking, like, maybe someone named Mike. Yeah. I, I can't, I'm thinking, yes. like... An, you are correct. It's somebody named Mike. Uh, for some <laughs> reason, I, uh, I don't know. That was, it takes you too long. It gets pretty embarrassing. Yeah, this is, this is yeah. pretty bad. Just give it to me. I'm done. It's Mike Riley. Oh, son of son, a... Did I really forget that? Yes, yeah, you did. I was like, I forget oh. Mike Riley. How that's, could you... That's pretty bad. Forget about Mike Riley. Yeah. My bad, the, my bad, Mike the, Riley. The number one, the number one greatest N. Riley in the NHL. Yep, definitely. Definitely best defenseman yes. named Riley. Named uh, M. Riley. M. Riley. Yeah, not even close. <laughs> and we could also do a, a, a catch up with Caulfield right now if we want. He was, after scoring two goals in each of his first three games, he was held pointless in his next two games. But it's okay because yesterday I scored a goal and an assist. Let's go! Woo! What a what a he's really he's killing it. What a guy! Uh, I'm so happy for him. It's so right. great to see like you know a Habs prospect just come up, and uh, it's mm-hmm. been a while, hasn't it? It's been a while since we had one of those. I've never had ever been the successful prospect. Him, but like just a prospect that comes up and uh, starts playing well. Yeah, you see, his coach. I don't know who's He said his goal scoring is level as Brett Hull. Coast. Okay, that's a compliment and a half. Can you imagine? Oh, so exciting! Ah, I love it. This yeah. movement. I, I, I really hope I never team. take him for granted. I want to make sure when he finally makes the team that I cheer every single game, or I get to watch him play. Yeah, can't wait. Can't wait. Can't wait. We could bring up. I don't know. Uh, just process. Uh, Vitaly Kravtsov. He was a high pick in 2018. 
He That's came over to North America and uh, he didn't make the Rangers. Some people thought he would. He was with their AL team, the Wolf Pack. And, uh, and then he signed a deal with the KHL team. Oh. So, he, so he's going back there, presumably for the rest of the year. Another uh, year of development. Was he unhappy in the AHL, I guess? Or... I, don't, I don't really know, but I think this was kind of... He probably went to the Rangers, and this is probably his brother. And the Rangers said, all right, more year. Because, you know, he's only like 19 or 20 years old. So right. Yeah. Coming over to, it, can, it can be a, a hard uh, adjustment. Can you imagine? Coming over from we're, Russia. Yeah, we're just imagine going to, going to a country where you, don't, where you barely speak the language. Yeah, that's 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 pretty wild. I mean, and then to play hockey professionally, I don't that often. Like Ilya, you see in his interviews, like he doesn't know English, and he's getting English. All his teammates are checking in English. Everyone around him in Toronto is speaking English. Oh yeah, not easy. No, definitely. Uh, soup man. Uh, yeah, super. He got. What's that? He made he made an account at at Superman. Oh, that's fun. Anything? Uh, you post anything yet? Uh, uh, I don't think so. Okay, <laughs> we'll have to keep an eye out. So, uh, I guess that'll be it for this week's episode. What should yeah. we call it? Um, Mike, best Mike Riley, best M Riley. Uh, eh? Okay. Yeah. Uh, any we'll other ideas? Yeah, we'll figure it out. Uh, thanks, uh, thanks for listening to uh, episode number five.